what up y'all welcome to another episode of the slim cogcast it is i slim cognito oh my lord and today i want to tell y'all about something that i've been watching yeah we diving right in because oh my goodness all right so we didn't got all caught up that's the reason the podcast is late today because i got a hella busy um yesterday but uh it was a good sunday and i had my rest now here we are monday and i had to catch up on the rest of my show but i managed to finish euphoria and demon slayer and attack on titan so first and foremost y'all want to get into the anime first i guess we'll get into it no because i owe the euphoria people i ain't even talk about euphoria last week i think and i forgot so this time here we are euphoria so since last time uh kyle jacobs has um basically come out to everyone and started to embrace himself and he's completely different now that he's left the family and there's this mysterious third child that hasn't been talked about at all aside from one family photo that cal took off the wall so you got him abandoning his family and now there's just nate his brother and his mom and there was a a conversation between nate and his mom that was like very telling where she was like, you know, that part where you grabbed her off to the side and, you know what I'm saying, and, and took her away after she spilled over that chili. I was like, that's my boy. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but then it's understandable because any woman who is a wife that's been disrespected in front of her husband and embarrassed in front of everyone because some little hoity-toity, way-too-slutty-dressed, dumbass teenage girl decided to knock over an entire pot of chili as ultimate disrespect to her husband i mean obviously you'd be angry about that so i guess the the, the gem the jewel and gems of this show is that it's not afraid to depict human beings like they really are in real life and that's why it really surprises so many people that this type of stuff goes on but this is what it's like in a secluded as household or at least uh living in a type of how do you say in a, in, a, in a type of reputation of a town where you like build yourself up, you rise up in the ranks and you and you get to upper middle class and you you know trying your best to protect your investments, protect the reputation of your family, your, ki- your kids and things. So in doing so and putting so much energy toward that, you make so many sacrifices and willing to do so many things. And that that same will is innate like that's what he was raised to be these are the type of monsters that get raised in that type of environment because the the entire reason that he was behaving the way he was why to protect the reputation of his father and his family that's exactly why he was doing things he's doing even though he was a flawed being and making mistakes and doing stupid stuff himself and had inner demons that he couldn't work through why because he would not talk with it with his family they didn't do therapy and etc and these same demons that plagued the parents plagued the children and they learned how to do it vicariously almost i would even go as far as to say the children learned to keep up the facade even better and become an even deeper level of psychotic behavior and and sociopathic behavior because they've been learning from their parents since birth how to do so and that's how it's so deeply rooted in an ugly ugly representation of humanity and i think that's very applicable to everyday life right now you know so yeah here we are him choosing cassie over maddie 
makes a lot of sense as well because who would be more enabling and more accepting and agreeable of Nate's behavior than Cassie? He knows that he screwed himself with Maddie because Maddie's willing to get revenge. Maddie's willing to get even. Maddie is willing to make him pay for hurting her. And that is why he went to the extremes that he did in order to get the disc back. Now, my question is, is Maddie as smart as I think she is? I feel like Maddie would have been smart enough to make a secret copy of that disc. But we're going to leave that on the table because we can't confirm nor deny that. Now, on the other hand, Rue and Ali, let me tell you something, okay? I want Ali to be Rue's stepdaddy. I want that to be her new daddy. Girl, that's your daddy. I don't care what nobody say. That is your daddy. Ma'am, Miss Mama Rue, whatever your name is, you better get that brother. You better get that brother. You better sit him down because guess what you was missing in your home? I don't want to make it about that. I ain't trying to make it about that. But let me tell you what you missing in your home, baby. You miss the loving, stern, discipline, and grace of a good, caring, and complete father figure. That's what's missing. That's why that girl is hurting so much because her daddy gave that same type of love and support that she needed the most in her young life. And that's what's breaking her apart. I'm telling you. Rue needs stepdaddy Ali. And the fact that she felt bad for hurting him means that she has the capacity to still care about how others feel. Rue is capable of recovery and healing. She just it just she just had to hit rock bottom. That's literally what it was. And now hopefully she has. And here we are. Hopefully going to see a turning point for her. I hope it's a good turning point and not just, oh, now she's all innocent angel. Oh, she's back to her Disney days. Oh, Rue is just the best daughter ever. No, I don't want none of that shit. But I just want her to at least, you know what I'm saying, chill on the hard drugs. Now, on top of that, we got to discuss this whole situation with Cassie in more detail because I feel like Cass's whole point is that she is deathly afraid of being the bad guy. Literally her words as it seems. So she does her best to run away from any type of situation where she would be the one that has done something wrong to someone else. She does everything she can to keep that from being... An inevitable thing. I, I I don't know what to call it. I, it seems to be like she's just clinging to the idea of just being pure and innocent so that she may cry and get her way. And that girl cried and manifested and she manifested and cried because Nate showed up on her front door and said, come on, you're living with daddy now. So here we are. Don't know how much of a mess that's going to make. But honestly, this boy Nate is really clinging to these women to run away from the fact that he's just gay deep down and he don't want to admit it. And he loves Jules. Oh, my God. He loves Jules. And uh, hate to say it. Oh, I hate to say it. But Jules probably like him, too. Especially that little look back. She I was old when she got out that truck with Jules got out that truck. And she looked at that disc. I was like, bitch, don't you look back. Bitch, don't you look back at him. 
Don't look back at him, bitch. And what did she do? See, I don't know how to feel about what's going on right now. But I'm on the roller coaster and I'm happy, okay? And I hope you bitches happy too. Because this shit is crazy. Alright, so. What else happened in this episode, honestly? Because it was so much. Oh, yeah! Oh, 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 oh. What's her name again? Because she was my favorite character. And she still kind of is because I'm, I'm interested to see her progress. Because um, it's a lot of women that don't speak up. That's not um, speaking up about how relatable she is. Because I guess because she's painted in a negative way since... Um, Cat, Cat, Cat. Okay, so Cat, right? She's kind of painted in a negative way since the guy she's dating. Uh, I think it's... Uh, 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 Lucas something whatever his name was um he's painted to be this innocent good guy you know that's doing his best to love her and she's just like I don't want the love and now it's you know looking a little muddled for her but there's not enough women speaking up um that can relate to her and I feel like this is relatable because there's plenty men and women honestly who have been in situations where someone loved them perfectly and gave them that love, but they just didn't know how to receive it. And that's all that's wrong with baby. She don't know how to receive that love, and nor does she feel like she deserves it because she feels like she's not giving enough love back to him. That's what she's going through, but it's a lot of people that don't understand that that's villainizing the writers, whereas this is a positive environment of showing the struggles and, and you know, the hurdles of a woman internally i respect this so much i really do feel like people don't really want what they're asking for or they don't know what they're asking for because whenever they get it they complain about it i feel like even though i'm not in the video game mythos talking right now but outside of video game fans god damn it seems like everybody's just entitled as fuck but um yeah Euphoria is knocking it out of the park, and them writers are good at what they do. And the fact that y'all criticizing them shows that y'all wouldn't be able to do no better, or you would have gave Cat a whole cliche fucking story. And I don't want cliche. These people feel the realest characters I've watched in a movie since fucking. I don't even know, man. I had to think about it. But the point is, damn it, this is good. Now, Cat. I'd, I'd love to see what else happens with her, and I hope that the actor did not walk away from the role completely. Baby, this might be one of them situations where you where I might have to hit you with the LeBron answer and tell your ass to shut up and dribble. You need to shut up and act, baby. This is like one of your biggest moments. Who the fuck are you to walk out on one of the biggest shows to ever grace all streaming services in terms of its subject material? Like, bro, this is bigger than a bunch of shit like euphoria is the biggest show out lately probably since what sex education maybe but damn get it together like fuck wrong with you you fumbling a bag more importantly i'd say that much it don't matter what happened to that character baby you need to play that role so that you can get you some more move roles in the future i want to see you do some more work get your shit together it's just a damn show now you ain't fighting no freedoms and you ain't changing no worlds and you ain't making no revolutions get your ass Back in that position that people envy you for. Get your ass back up there and you start acting and you play that role. You are a cat until this show is over. It's a plenty of people that will kill to be in your position no matter how her story is written. And don't nobody want to hear that shit. I got no sympathy, baby. You doing good. 
You're doing a great job. You brought that character to life. I believe in that character, and I love you. Do that shit. Speaking of love, y'all, um, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, my best. My before we transition into um the rest of what we've been watching this week, I want to uh, announce Happy Valentine's Day. I have to do it now before I forget to say it at the end. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Uh, whether you have someone special, someone significant, someone that you hold dear, enjoy that. And those who are alone and you hold yourself dear, love yourself. Valentine's Day is not just for those in relationships. But care for the relationship with yourself. And love yourself as much as I love you. Okay? I mean it. And I'm saying it with my chest. I love y'all. Alright? Y'all take care. And enjoy your Valentine's Day. Treat yourself, no matter how small or big. If you can't go extravagant or you can't move around or there's things going on, then have you a bottle. You know what I'm saying? Partake in whatever little festivities that you enjoy. And just say it out loud that you love yourself. Alright? And believe it. Because I love you and I want you to take care of yourselves. Alright? Now, on to the next. Um... Have I forgotten any other character that's important? Oh, 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 Okay, a little bit more on uh Euphoria. Okay, real quick. Um, Gia, baby, I want your backstory. And I want to see more about Gia. Because there's a lot about her that's just been disregarded. And only a few people speak up for Gia. I've only seen a few posts about Gia. And I'm not okay with that. Because Gia's been going through it. The... You think that Rue is suffering. Imagine the people that's next to her. I want to know about the mama and Gia. Because they're going through it. Heavily. You know how hard it is to watch somebody you love be self-destructive and just spiral downward. And, and you just run over anybody that they know and burn all their bridges and never shuts the fuck up. And all of this and that. Like, I'm worried for Gia. You don't know how her experience through her sister could affect her mental state heavily. Especially her mama, too. Mama need Ali to come off up in there and give her some of that loving. And and no, get y'all minds out the gutter, but she need that, too. They going through it. It's a house full of women. God bless. Oh, Lord. A house full of nothing but women. Even they know that they sick of each other at times. It's a It's painful. Poor thing, poor things, poor things, all of them. But anywho's, um, now I got to get down to the characters that y'all want to talk about the most, and I know, I know, I can't just ignore this. I right? so Lexi and Fezco. Let me tell you something about Lexi. And my, I mean, here's my opinion on Lexi. Oh, let me let me get a drink of water real quick, cause this one we're gonna be going for like another five minutes talking. So here we go. Now. Here's the thing about Lexi. You see, Lexi here has always been on the sidelines, like they said once in the uh, earlier episodes, I think it was like two or three episodes ago, that she always been more of an observer or voyeur rather than the person that takes place in the stories that's going on around her. Now, I feel like Lexi is actually, for once, going to be rewarded with someone that can actually add to her life, you know? Because a person like Lexi, She's a thinker before she acts, you know, and then you got somebody like Fez. He thinks and acts, but he's more on the acting side. You know, these opposites attract. He's more of a, of a man of action to do things. And those are the types of people that go together perfectly because Fezco is the type to think about what he does 
either during the moment or right after and he he's reflective that's what keeps him to being a good person whereas you know if you were to compare him to somebody like mouse mouse didn't give a fuck what he did he's not self-reflective he accepted what he is and that's what made him a way worse person now lexi on the other hand she's never ventured out and done anything dangerous she's lived a sheltered life like most of these girls and characters in general um on this entire show actually i, I said girls because they're the main characters but because she's lived this sheltered life there's so much that fesco can teach and offer her as a companion while still there's so much of of stable love and understanding and peace that Lexi can bring into his life. They're perfect for each other. And that's why everybody is so crazy about the ship. Now, I'm behind this too, but here's the thing. I'm hoping that Lexi be the thing that come into Fez's life that can save him from whatever that's about to go down between this chick that's living with him and the boy that she used to fool around with you know because one thing for sure two things for certain when you're dealing drugs bro you can't be having no addicts around you because you can't ever tell what their priorities or intentions lie nor their loyalty they more loyal to their next fix or whatever they're psychologically attached to and here you can see that very clearly so her not telling fez what she just heard or talked to and the fact that old boy snitching to the man this man i hate this month kid sitting up snitching on fez and them bro like bro no that is not it ever at all and and the fact that you done got involved in all of that and now you cooperating with the police bro so uh, clearly something he gonna say either fez going down or old girl that his plug i forget her name but the one that uh that plug rude he either she or fez is is gonna be caught up in that crossfire and she honestly if that's the case if old girl play her cards right and tell fez the truth i think fez and ash could come up with something shit might be able to cut out the middleman shit. My boy could just take a little trip to Mexico, goddamn, and get this shit. You'll never know. I, I love to see this shit though. But anyway, yeah, who knows where this could go? And I'm enjoying it. Um I feel like all of these characters are fully fleshed out very well. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? They they convey the idea of these characters and the personality and upbringing very well. So much to the point where you can't truly hate a character. I can find hate for Nate, but honestly, I feel like my hate is late. And his fate is something that's... Damn, I could come up with a word that rhymed it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Nate, I'm going to tell y'all honestly about Nate, and this is how I feel about him up until... Um, but uh, I, I don't know if I've said this before, if I've gone over this before, but I'm going to say it one last time so that way I can remember that I did say it. So anyways... Here's my thoughts on Nate Jacobs and Euphoria. Now, Nate, after everything that you've known, I feel like it's an overwhelming amount of people who are, well, nah, it's not their fault. The show kind of writes it as there's a lot of sympathy and backstory that can be written for the female characters, so there's not going to be much empathy left for the male characters. 
but I do deeply understand how what was his name? Uh, Kay McKay. I understand how McKay felt. I understand how Nate feels and Cal, his father. Like all three of their backstories are very relatable to the male experience growing up because there's a lot of weight on your shoulders and a lot of pressure on what you must become growing up. And especially if you grow up in a household where you have a respectable father figure, the pressure is even more astounding because you're not supposed to be like your father. You're expected to be better than him and you're expected to do better than he can. And that's the craziest thing about male upbringings in middle class and those that are somewhat well off in the suburbians. You're going to be expected to be able to withstand and uphold and sustain the lifestyle and the stature and the status that your family has already acquired elsewise you will waste all of their efforts that brought you thus far it's no different from the struggle of say a first generation uh immigrant that is um you know the first one born in the u.s and their parents are immigrants and the you know there's there's weight on their shoulders you know what i mean now, because of this, here's where I start to relate. It's that everything that could happen to your family is stuff that could happen to you. The things that you do and say affect the family and their reputation. And because of this, everyone on looking is ready to judge and, and you know, do etc. Ever since, remember that one moment where the rumor got around that Nate choked? Maddie, but then suddenly after they got the charges dropped, still Cal could not attend certain restaurants and get certain seats and this, that, and the third. Like that's what happens. And it was that one little small thing. No, excuse me. I don't want to say it's small. I'm sorry. Uh choking a woman is never a small thing. Unless there's consent in a in a bedroom situation. But what I'm getting at here is even if it's perceived as a small thing because he did not do it, but the rumors get around saying that he did. And let's be honest, ain't nobody dumb. I love the fact that Nate was talking with his mom and she was like, well, you didn't have to choke the bitch. And he was just like, I didn't choke her. The charges would drop. And said, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And she know damn well what her son did. You know what I mean? And she trying to tell him, you ain't fooling nobody. That's what mama was trying to tell Nate. Said, boy, you not fooling me. I know you're gay. And I know you got too much pent up rage because you're trying to hide it. And I just don't know how to tell you that I accept it. But it's understandable because it got that far. That means there's been a plenty of times beforehand where his mom just did not embrace him enough to be able to feel strong enough to accept who he is. So she probably perpetuated the bullshit that Cal was actually enforcing on his family in the first place. So she feels just as guilty and she doesn't want to peel back those layers. And the fact that she's also afraid of Nate because of the rage that he shows. The fact that he's so rageful and quick to jump into the anger is indicative of the fact that she don't feel safe around him. That's relatable because when mothers are raising sons, they don't know what their son is capable of. And the most the scariest thing for a mother is to see her son grow into a man because she has lived her entire life thinking, well, all of these men are trash and all the past men that I've dated are trash and all the men who were wrong to me are trash and they're subhuman and they're not worthy of living. And yeah, the woman is, you know, girl power and things like that. But then their son grows up 
and they have to accept the fact that damn maybe they were just different and i didn't understand them and now i know more than ever that i don't understand men because i don't understand my own son and it's hitting her like a ton of bricks so yeah that conversation was amazing and i couldn't wait for it it was one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode and it it was unearthing a lot without saying anything anywho's uh yeah so moving forward from there uh i want to rewatch stand by me <laughs> so anyway yeah that's a uh, euphoria we're gonna put a cap on that and uh, move over to the anime that we've been watching this week which was um attack on titan now like i said last week i had to rewatch last week's episode because i was very tired and out of it so i ran through them both and the craziest thing is the fact that aaron is willing to start a war with everybody on earth just to ensure that his people are kept alive shows how much he's fighting for parodies and the people that he loves and the fact that gabby has finally learned how wrong the nation that raised her is she she can now see things in a more fair light and i feel like uh what's his face the little boy that inherited inherited the jaw titan I feel like he's seen things in a more fair way because it don't matter which side you fight for, don't nobody deserve a W like parodies, okay? Their people have literally been devoured and and mistreated and, and destroyed and just abused and experimented on left and right on the daily just for kicks from people on the outside on purpose. So yeah, don't can't nobody blame Aaron for having the feeling that he has right now. It's like y'all don't want us to live. We didn't want to fight y'all in the first place. We didn't even ask for this. And now y'all over here claiming that y'all mad because a few of y'all people died. Do you know how many people we lost in these walls? Oh man. And we experienced it firsthand as the audience. People who kept dying from either titans or literal attacks from the opposing force where the how many people were torn asunder by the rocks of the of the ape titan how many people were just ruined because the jaw titan was just tearing them up left and right how many people died because of the cart titan and the little gun on her back how many people died when the when uh uh uh, uh Berthold and and Reiner were sent inside to just wreak havoc. How many people died when Reiner charged through the wall? How many people lost their loved ones? You know, it's it's insane like that. You got to think about it like that. Elsewise, hell, both sides are fighting for their loved ones in a sense, but ain't no empathy left for those outside of parodies you know what I'm saying there's some empathy for uh the other nations i don't feel like they deserve to be destroyed but aaron's just like it, it feels he feels like the enemy's just gonna keep coming and we got no choice but to eradicate them or else we'll have another war to fight and it ain't the best solution and it's it's really dumb honestly but he ran out of options i guess so yeah maybe is the best thing that he could come up with with him being human and having his emotions i don't think any young boy 
would be able to think clearly after watching their mother getting devoured by a titan at a young age. And yeah, it's crazy. Attack on Titan has been amazing. And I feel like that anime right there, the fact that they revealed that that thing at the end and y'all know what that thing is and i'm not gonna say it here just to give y'all incentive to go watch the episode but the very last thing at the end bro the last time i saw that bitch get frozen hold up I, i'm saying too much anyway i ain't seen that moment since like 2014 <laughs> so yeah it's just getting crazy and i can't wait either who's Y'all need to go watch that Get Caught Up. If you like Attack on Titan, if you stopped and you didn't finish, get caught up. Because she's getting crazy. Um, And now for finally Demon Slayer, y'all. Man, look. Demon Slayer? Tanjiro is my boy. Tanjiro is a beast. He's best boy. Big old forehead. Love him. And I feel like he could do so much in the future. I, I don't know what, but I can't wait to see. And that being said, Inosuke and what's his name, Zenitsu, they both deserve to sit right next to him. Like, no lie. He, they're, they're the best companions, and, and they deserve each other. They all should reach the same level of power eventually. And... I guess Tanjiro would have to be a higher power or they could have to find strength some other way, but I feel like they really can achieve it. Now, that being said, now that Nezuko can literally get rid of demon ailments like poison and shit, I wonder if she can remove the curse that's on the master. We'll have to see more on that later. But anywho's, um, I'm just glad that Uzuri-san did not die. <laughs> that's all I cared about. And I'm happy about that. He's uh, retired, as they say. But I am so glad that he's not dead. And if he ain't dead, that means he might fight again. That's the important part. Now, aside from that. um, Well, hold up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The one other tidbit I wanted to touch on when it comes to this Demon Slayer final, uh, season finale. And here comes the spoilers for those that don't want to be spoiled. But those two demons, the brother and sister, it's the most relatable thing. Like, y'all, I know y'all be crazy. Like, bro, he be relating to everything. But I've, I ain't even been on this earth long, but I've done a lot, okay? And that right there, when it comes to being a protector to your younger sibling, especially your little sister, it's all relatable because... The things that you'll be willing to do in order to protect them are always going to be questionable because you want to protect them. And it's understandable that protecting her gave him a purpose in life. It's understandable that, you know, even if you're enabling their spoiled behavior, as long as they're safe and as long as they're smiling, you're happy. Even if you're, even if you know that you constantly forgiven things that they do or overlooking their flaws you don't ever like become an agent of their personal growth because you just want them to be happy you don't want to see them suffer whether it's internal existential or external and physical you don't want to see them in pain and that's a form of love and it's funny to me it's in, it's touching to me that 
to see a character find love in the most hopeless way because everyone shunned him or treated him like he was a problem because he was different. And, you know, it's a series of unfortunate events happened in his life that made him the way he is. And yet, he found a reason to keep going. Even if it made him a worse person on the outside. And then you could still make the argument that those people had it coming to them because of how they treated him. So, yeah. It's... They are, it's so, it's such good writing and it's so grounding. It's, it's so sobering. It's, it's like, they make these demons feel so human because they are. And they don't become that way unless they were human to begin with. It's crazy. The same things that make Tanjiro what he is made Nezuku who she is are the same things that made both of them into demons spiteful hateful demons and it's it's a it's a great testament to show you that no matter what happens to you in life it all comes down to how you respond to it are you willing to let the world change you or are you willing to change the world basically and i still stand by that it holds true to me and how i felt about life and 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 it's relatable to this subject material here and Fiction is based upon our human lives. These stories in Euphoria are likely life stories that people have told the writers. And that's why it's so gravitating. That's why these anime shows are so gravitating. Mostly, even if it's the most touching anime out there, even if it's crazy and it's silly and it's fun, but the drastic moments and the, the intense moments of drama usually are incredibly relatable that's why anime is such a great growing thing it's very relatable man the same could be said for comics and and shows when they depict the relationship between family members or siblings and and friendships and stuff it's relatable you know these things happen on a daily basis truth is often stranger than fiction because you wouldn't believe that it would happen you could get mad I've had situations right on my stream that have shaken me to my core and made me think there's no way that this is happening to me right now. It sounds too good to be true. There's no way I meet this person that could be such a ray of sunshine and they seem to be so great to the point where I have to convince myself that it's not true because I, you would feel you feel like you're in a movie. You feel like you're in a TV show and you're and you're a character. How could this happen? These great things happening to a person like me, you know? And and that's the strangest thing that makes it feel stranger than fiction. But anywho's, enough about me. Just know that I appreciate all of y'all and it's love. And I may not always make the best decisions or even the, say the best words in that moment, but understand that I spend a inhumane amount of energy to try to find the right things to say at every moment before I open my mouth. Trust me. And I do my best. So, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I really do love and appreciate every last one of y'all. And if things are meant to happen the way they are, or how they've been daydreamed, or manifested, then it'll happen. Anywho's, yeah, we had to get a little deep because honestly, these shows have been hitting to the core 
like all of them it's all so deep it's impossible that you can't feel something the stuff i'm watching right now has got me in ooh, wee, several loops and that's also why shout out to voxpire by the way got me watching that's not how you summon a demon or wait no what's it called uh how to not summon a demon lord and it's just innocent crazy etchy fun time and i'm enjoying it something a little more lighthearted. because <laughs> damn i've been consuming some heavy shit but anywho's um let's get into the news first thing on the docket over on vgc videogameschronicle.com Platinum CEO says he wouldn't dismiss acquisition offers as long as our freedom is respected. Now, the thing about this here, uh, to sum things up, is um, first quote here. The most important thing for us is to have the freedom to make the games we want to make. What I hear about the recent acquisitions, I don't think Microsoft is going to start micromanaging Activision to where they take away all their freedom. I don't think it's going to be the be a relationship like that i think there's going to be a lot of mutual respect there and i think activision will be able to continue doing what they do best that's also what's most important to us at the end of the day whatever form that takes us that takes for us and our company so i would not turn anything down as long as our freedom was still respected so yeah this is a uh, platinum making it known that uh, they have to have the freedom to make what they want you know because if they don't, then it would basically defeat the purpose of the creation of Platinum Games. Their creativity has been stunted a lot of times with uh, past people that they have worked for. And uh, some certain, you know, decisions been overrided or, you know, ideas been canned and whatnot, you know. And I feel like, like you know, they've left a lot of money on the table. You see the amount of people that love Bayonetta? Imagine if Bayonetta was released during the height of character action games before they started to kind of decline and become slightly saturated. Like, imagine if Bayonetta was standing tall right next to the likes of, say, Kratos. You know, which she kind of is, honestly. But if she came a little sooner, I feel like the whole you know representation thing would have been way less of a um battle because not only is she an incredibly tall slender woman but she's wearing glasses these two traits in terms of character design y'all don't know but they usually say don't make characters with these characteristics because they're not relatable the real reason that we haven't had representation in media for so long is because of statistics and stats have shown that media move more copies and sell more and sell more tickets etc when there is a person of a heteronormative um you know stance and likely caucasian face and likely male on the cover they're going to sell more copies um harken back to another podcast that um shout out to all deaf digital and, and Squadcast, where they pointed out um to hear pointed out that uh 12 years a slave was a movie overseas uh what was a movie when took overseas excuse me um to market to the japanese um demographic they just put uh tom cruise's face on the cover of the entire thing and not as even though the entire subject matter was about you know other things that i'll let you guys do the research on that movie but yeah they had tom cruise on the cover just to 
sell the movie. And I find that astounding. So yeah, I, I feel that. I feel I feel it's like that. And um, it's just it's it's just amazing. I can't get over how great it is. It's it's the amount of how do you say misinterpreted no screw that screw that actually let's bring the conversation more toward just so we can get back on topic more toward the fact that when these corporations get so big that they hinge their decisions on nothing but the data it's like we're at this turning point where humanity is evolving beyond the data that's been occurred on them it's like we know that there's an algorithm at work but we're evolving beyond that algorithm and i love that i love that i love that i love that because it seems that without our humanity without our empathy and our emotions and understanding and care for our fellow man we become predictable machines that can be marketed and sold anything that can be shoved in our face for more than a few times a day so we're evolving beyond that and i love to see it i wonder where the world's gonna go from here anywho's um let's not get deep again we need to stop doing that um yeah platinum they're basically saying hey we don't mind being bought now i i i would say if anybody oh man imagine i wouldn't mind nintendo getting platinum but the problem with nintendo is they haven't updated their hardware but if they do update their hardware and start tangoing with the big boys, Platinum could be one of the best things that could happen to Nintendo. And it would give them more, you know, gameplay geared toward older audiences. Therefore, making the Switch an even more all-encompassing family, all-ages type of console, you know. And that'd be beautiful. Yeah, I feel like that could be the move. Because I would love to see... I would love to see a Platinum take on Metroid one day. I'd love to see Platinum's take on... Plenty of things. Let them make another F-Zero or... Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but... um, Either Sony or Nintendo buying Platinum would be great. As long as they have their freedom, though. And that's another thing. Will Nintendo be hands-off with Platinum and let them do what they want? I guess that's the thing. Platinum needs two things from Nintendo. And that's good current hardware. Current generation hardware. And the freedom to make what they want. And if they can be promised that, I think Nintendo could oblige. Because they know what they're capable of. Nintendo knows what Platinum is capable of. And they've worked together with them before. So yeah, I think that could work. Now, if we think about it, what if Sony were to acquire them? Then Sony's IPs would have to be used to let, I don't know, either Platinum would have to make some new IPs from scratch and start something new, or they would have to take something that's already existing under their, um, oh my God, nah, people wouldn't like that. Never mind. But, um... I almost thought about what if they got a hold of some of the older RPGs that uh, Sony was sitting on and made them into action RPGs. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. Um, ooh. Square Enix? Maybe? Who knows? We'll just have to decide. But, um, all in all, I would like to know what what you know the whole team at platinum like who would they like to be acquired by that would be incredible 
Now that would be interesting. But uh, other than that, the, the reason I have a lot to, uh, to say about this because I love Platinum and this is one of my top three um, development studios. Like literally my top three. I love Platinum and they really, really, really deserve the best. Um, they've done so many great things over the years with so little and I want to see them thrive. So please, whoever acquires them, let them make the best that they can make. Don't, don't, don't. Don't restrict them in any way because they have the discipline and they know what to do, especially with the with the experience they have. They know what it means to run a business and develop games. They have experience in that. They've had their own studio for how long? Like what? 10, 10 years now, I think or so. Something like that. Almost 10 years. So they're going to be the best, most cooperative people to work with as long as you give them what they need and want. I feel like it would be a huge steal to get platinum games. And all these other companies are really being dumb by overlooking them. Anywho's, next thing on the docket, because there's not much else said there. But next thing on the docket is that uh, Capcom USA. Hello, Capcom. How you doing? I, as one of your uh, content creators, um, they tweeted today at around noon that uh, in six days and 24 hours, something is coming. We don't know what, but there's a countdown on their website now. And... Give or take some hours because this was posted forever ago. So let's see what the countdown is now. Six days and 11 hours from now. There's going to be something incredible announced. And I hope it's something good, but not... Oh, I, I'm afraid because that's like a few days before Elden Ring. So who knows, but we'll have to see. Um, let's just hope that... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this could be. We'll just have to see. It could be Resident Evil 4 Remake. Some people think it's that. Some people think that it might be something else. I don't know, but I'm hyped. I can't wait to see. Hell, it could be Code Veronica. Who knows? We'll just have to see. Um, but anyways, not much else to say there. It's just got everybody going crazy. Hourglass? Wait, wait. Okay, there's a response to the Twitter. They said it's an hourglass. They posted it with an hourglass. Son. Ghost Trick, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Anywho's, yeah, this is this is hype. I can't wait to see, and uh, I'll keep y'all updated, I guess. Anyway, next thing on the docket at GameRant.com: Dad gets money back after daughter spends twenty thousand dollars on Genshin Impact macro transactions. Um, I feel like we talked about this before, but um, just to sum things up, <sighs> yeah. The dude came back over, uh, found out that his credit was like 20000 in debt thanks to his daughter over six weeks. And yeah, he got partial refund, but since then has gotten all the money back. And this right here is troubling. Like, well, for one, how did she just get access to your credit card, number one? But also, two, I'm not going to completely blame him because now this child believes that anything that happens in a video game, she's supposed to be able to solve it by throwing money at it. Or or at least that's what she's going to think. We'll just have to see. But otherwise, uh, that's not good. Kids should be enjoying the games for the games that they are and not have to think that they need money to have fun in the game. That ruins the entire experience as a child. They're supposed to feel like everything they need about that game is in that game. I've been witnessing people, I've watched many of people play certain games and they will play retro games and when left to their own devices, they are immediately frustrated. So please, 
these kids need to understand that these games and these games should be developed better honestly um overall but um if you give them a complete experience then you could give them something that could stick with them for life and make them better people like that's literally how gaming has been working for a long time it's influenced a lot of people so come on let's just get down to the real gaminformer.com next on the docket uh, Battlefield 2042 refund petition collects 70,000 signatures. I found this astounding. This is crazy. And I, I feel like that these people should at least get their refund. You know what I mean? Especially if it's not up to par. These games are 70 bucks now. That's a huge investment for a game. Alright? It's maybe small for others, but I know how my pockets look right now. And that ain't it. So... Yeah, uh, 2042, I ain't been heard nothing good. Like, I, I hear some things that are good, but then there's other things I've been hearing that's just been bugs galore. So I just want to hope that uh, things work out for these people, this, this fan base here. Basically, the whole thing that I can summarize in this docket is just that it has acquired this many signatures in such a short time. The original story, just um bringing up the fact that they had a bunch of game breaking bugs on release and a lack of new content and it didn't feel like a new battlefield and etc so yeah we'll have to see what ea can do about this ea dice if it's still dice yeah um it's a dumpster fire right now but hopefully they can put it out mario kart 8 next thing on the docket uh ign there has been a nintendo uh, a clubhouse, I guess you could say, that, uh, you know, revealed some releases. And there's a lot of um, mixed bag reactions, basically, to the clubhouse. There were a few things that were cool that I noticed um, that I don't remember off the top of my head, actually. Let me go ahead and get a recap on that. Uh, a Nintendo Direct, not a treehouse, excuse me. Clubhouse, whatever the hell it be. Damn it. Um, so, basically, um, there's going to be Kingdom Hearts coming. Of course, we already knew about that. They showed Kirby uh, in the Forgotten Lands with a new ability, which is the... What's it called? The, the, the Swallow Mode? Giggity? It's something. Mouthful. Mouthful Mode. Damn, that ain't no better. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirby... Kirby cannot get a mouthful of certain objects to gain control over them, so that's one thing. Uh, we got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC coming to Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, which is basically going to include uh, tracks from all the way back to the first Mario Kart and even the mobile Mario Kart Tour. So yeah, that's a thing. You got Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers Edition, which is going to be like a remaster coming and you got Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes Revisits 3 Houses Characters, where it's going to be a Muso with Fire Emblem World. And you got Earthbound come to Nintendo Switch Online Retro um, Pack, you know what I mean, the expansion. You got Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming in September, that's been announced. And um, yeah, and their only uh, competition, to be honest with you, is going to be the Steam Deck. So yeah, um... That's about everything, really. They say it's going to be an Arkham collection coming as well, but yeah. It says the Steam Deck battery life has nothing on the Nintendo Switch. Switch battery life, four and a half to nine hours. Well, the Steam Deck is even worse, unsurprisingly. 
Makes sense though. It's pushing more power, so yeah, battery life's gonna be a little lower. But um, if you were to extend battery life, you would have to probably just put a bigger battery, and that would overall make the whole unit even heavier and harder for people to play for long hours at a time when it's mobile. But ugh, it's 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 a weird trifecta to balance. Either who. Yeah, that was a whole uh, recap of the uh, Nintendo Direct and what's coming. And honestly, I feel like the people, there's some people who want a new Mario Kart. They want Mario Kart 9 rather than Mario Kart 8 Deluxe plus DLC and paying more money for new tracks. But um, honestly, I can't even get mad because this is the most content that any Mario Kart has ever had, you know. Despite the fact that it's got to be DLC, but it's been loaded with content. So yeah, Mario Kart 8 is huge. I can't even get mad at them for not wanting to scrap everything and start over with a whole new title. Especially with all the deals and crossover uh, ideas that they put into this Mario Kart. So yeah, this might be the ultimate Mario Kart and it may not be need for another one. I don't know. People probably get over it over time. And they, they need to make new physical releases and just, uh, you know... Call it Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Plus. I don't fucking know. Just, just you know, g give them a new physical copy with all the DLC included. So that way, people won't feel cheated and have to only get the full experience through DLC. But those who already have, you know, Mario Kart 8 thus far can just purchase the DLC in order to keep up. And there you have it, you know. That's your best, that's the best way to split it. How else can we do it? This is the way this is the way the industry works now, so you kinda have to go that route. Uh yeah. I think that's everything on the docket for this week. So yeah. Thank you all for listening. And um don't forget that uh we're coming back on the stream tomorrow, Tuesday. I think I think I got a hair appointment that I need to prioritize. But other than that, uh yeah. Y'all keep 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 close tabs and watch the Twitter. I'll let you know. If we're gonna, um, we, we might stream for half of the usual time if my hair appointment comes to be. And if not, then uh, it'll be the usual stream. Otherwise, uh, that's everything that I got for y'all. I ain't gonna hold you because this has been a real full episode with a lot of stuff that we had to cover. I, I gotta tell you, man, when I talk about that euphoria, I gotta go through every character because a lot of stuff be happening. They'll give you one hour episode a week. And so much happened that I just I just can't even go over it all. Like the fact that like anyway, before I get started again, y'all take care of yourselves. Always remember the channel motto: intentions are the most important. Action ain't nothing but loud, and words don't mean a damn thing. Y'all be easy, and don't forget that it's love, peace, and hair grease. Hug your nephew and love your niece. I am out, and I hope that y'all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And remember, once again, I love y'all. Peace.